are all the things that the maniacs do. Positive thoughts and positive deeds. These are the things that make you succeed. Always be good to your family and friends. They're the only ones that'll be there in the end. Welcome, Hulkamaniacs. Welcome to episode 64. I think it might just be with me. Adam's just throwing <laughs> his headset down in disgust. I mean, the hypocrisy of the man. Always be good to your family and your friends. <laughs> I mean, come on. Well, why do you say the hypocrisy? I mean, the wives. I mean, I suppose mm. he kept his boy out of jail. Um <laughs> Yeah, he's, he's, he seems to have stabbed Beefcake in the back about 20 times, according to Beefcake, but they always reunite. Do you blame him after this pay-per-view? Brother I Brute. For, I blame him for everything after this pay-per-view. <laughs> they should have renamed it, like, Bolea Championship Wrestling. As soon as he's... <laughs> in fact, I'm surprised he didn't <laughs> mandate that as part of his contract, because he seems to have had control over everything else. Hey, anyway, sorry to trigger you so early, Adam. All right, that was um, that was Dave Sullivan's music. Did you? I assume you know that. I, I mean, I, 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 was I listen? Did did they play that? Like, was a lot of that played? No, they they played it without the Hulk rapping. But right, okay, okay, yeah, um, okay, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. But Hogan did release that on a CD, that song. Thanks, Hogan. So there you go. Welcome to episode 64 of the Hulkamania podcast, or the Middle-Aged Outlaws podcast. This week we will be discussing Halloween Hulkamania Havoc 1994 and 1994's film The Crow. Um, I believe Adam might be more up for one portion of the podcast over the other, but we'll see. We shall see. How are you, Adam? Uh, I'm all right, thanks. Um, I've I've got over, um, like you know, when you have a bit of a holiday from work, you get like this lull when you go back, and it's absolutely mm-hmm. horrendous. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So this is the second week back. So um, yeah, I'm over it. Yeah. Are you? Oh, N- now you yeah. now you're in a looking forward to the next one. Now it's of. like the time off never happened. So yeah, it's yeah. How, how about you? How are you doing? Wonderful, thanks. Pretty wonderful. Thank <laughs> nice. you. Um, I'm excited to talk about the crow. So shall we? Let's. Okay, I know you were looking forward to that one. I'll give a synopsis on El Crow, and nice. we can chat about it. So the crow is a 1994 American superhero film based on the comic book series of the same name by James O'Barr. The film tells the story of Eric Draven, a musician who is brutally murdered along with his fiancée on the night before their wedding. One year later, Draven is resurrected by a mystical crow and seeks vengeance against the gang of criminals responsible for his death. It is directed by Alex Proyas and stars Brandon Lee, Ernie Hudson, Michael Wincott, Byling. How did you enjoy the crow? Which one was Michael Wincott Byling? Because that's a great name. Uh, no, Michael Wincott is a person and Byling is a person. Oh, right. Okay. okay. Um, but Michael, uh, Michael Wincott was top dollar. Yes, that guy was awesome. Um, the I I really enjoyed this. Like, I, I'd seen it. I didn't remember it very clear. I remembered the rough story, but I didn't remember any of the detail. 
in the film. I remember having the soundtrack on CD and nice. loving it and playing it a lot. And it's kind of got this like cult following, although I think the last thing we talked about is having a cult following was Brain Dead. It's not like that. Oh, dear. It, it, it has a real proper cult. It's, it's deserving of its cult following, this Absolutely. film. Absolutely. Um, I'm not a big. I'm not massively into like superhero films. They're not really my genre. Um, and I think you can you can see this this one kind of is. Um, but it, it it's sort of before the big boom came for that kind of film, and you can see a lot of where certain other films took inspiration. I think from from things like this, uh, maybe a little bit like ahead of its time. Um, but yeah, really enjoyed it. Thought it was great. I agree. That's what I was thinking when I was watching it. Was this is almost probably released at a wrong at the wrong time, um, maybe a couple of years later or something like that. But mm-hmm. it, it's achieved its cult status, obviously, because of the tragic um, circumstances around Brandon Lee and him um, uh, dying during the filming. Um, but that that's almost uh, overshadowed how good the film is, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. Um, it's so good. The soundtrack's great. Like you said, you've got Rage Against the Machine and Nine Inch Nails. Um, it's just really good. I like, I love a revenge. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like the theme of revenge. Um, yeah. And he's got, you know, like the highest stakes possible available for revenge. He's got a bunch of sort of nameless villains to work his way through. It, it just makes for a good film. Yeah, and this is yeah. this is well beyond. I think the sort of cookie, any sort of cookie cutter superhero thing, because it's gritty, it's dark, mm-hmm. but not not in a cliched way. I would say it, it yeah. owns itself, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I thought it was great, and I, I actually don't remember. You know, it's one of the films I think that everybody thinks that they've watched, but they may not have actually have seen. Okay, I don't know if I've actually seen it before. Right, um, I really enjoyed it. It's good. Cool. Yeah, there was a lot I was remembering. Like, I was remembering the basic story, but see, early on, um, there's this quite sort of central to the story. There's this, um, I think at first in my notes, her name was Skateboard Girl. Um, This young girl who was um, sort of looked after, I think, regularly by Eric and Shelley, so the the couple that that died. Um, And she you know, arrives to find, you know, Eric has died and Shelley, she can tell, is is about to be killed off. Uh, but I totally forgot about, like, the dynamic between her and the cop. Like, that that wasn't in my mind at all, um, that they sort of had this bond and this little story going on. Nice. Um, and how her mum sort of tied in with the, the group of criminals. I forgot about that as well. So there were all sorts of little bits and pieces as I was watching. It's probably been about... 15 years or something since I've watched it. So right. if it kind of felt as close, I think, as you can get to watching it for the first time, it was, yeah, really good fun. Ernie Hudson's an actor, eh? He's a fantastic yeah. actor. Yeah. N- name yeah. a film where he's no... no he pops up in a lot of good films. It does. He's he's in, um, he's in the It uh, TV series thing, isn't yes. he? Yes. Yes. Yeah. He's a yeah. great actor. Yeah. Um, I've got some some little bits and pieces of trivia, but this must be Jeff Hardy's favourite film. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I think Eric Draven or Brandon Lee um, has a better swan tone bomb than, than Jeff Hardy. Yeah. 
And he's, he, he can see actually even thinking back, some of the face paint styles I think were pretty close as well. I don't think he ever went, because obviously Sting went full The Crow character uh, at a point. I don't think uh, Jeff Hardy ever quite went there, but y- you can see it um, in, in quite a lot of stuff he's done. And also, we, we messaged a little bit um, as we were going talking about how the character kind of you could then see bits and pieces of the Heath Ledger Joker um, that that I think he's taken inspiration from for for that character uh, quite a, quite a lot of years later, which was not something I expected to see. Again, I've seen probably seen The Dark Knight about three or four times since I've seen The Crow. I'd, and it definitely, you can definitely see little bits and pieces beyond the face paint, just the yeah. sort of dark, somber um, environment that the, the, the film's casting's very similar to a lot, a lot of Batman yeah. um, movies that we've got. Uh, have you seen any of the sequels? No. I, I had one on a list that I thought about watching, and then I just thought, is that just going to ruin it all? So I didn't. Nice. Have you? Nah. I was um, reading bits and pieces because you know what I'm like. I'm a bit of a gimp, and I like to <laughs> dig deeper into some of these things. I was reading and uh, watching a YouTube video about um, a sequel that Rob Zombie had pitched. It was called The Crow 2037, um, something like that. And he, uh, this was before he even did what was his first film, House of a Thousand Corpses. I think so, yeah. yeah. Uh, before he even did that, and he, it had no Eric Draven, it actually had like no link to the crow at all. He built this post apocalyptic world where like people were battling robots and, and all this sort of stuff, and then just sort of slapped the crow um, just name, the name on, it. <laughs> on it and tried to get financed that way. It sounded god awful. Um, and they've tried to remake this recently, I, I believe, as in in the last 20 years, oh, I believe they've tried to remake it multiple times. Um, you've had Bradley Cooper attached to it, Jason Momoa attached to it. Uh, what's, your, what's your guy called? He's one of the brothers that um, played Pennywise. Skarsgård. Oh, yes. What's his first name? Uh, he's, in Barbar- he's the guy in Barbarian. Yeah. Um, he yeah. is currently in the frame to play Eric Draven okay. in a remake or re- I think they want to try and make it closer to the, the graphic novel or whatever because okay. the, the, there was a, a City of Angels sequel and I think yes. that's the one I'd noticed and thought mm, should I and then I just decided not to I think it was only a couple of years after the, the first film right um, but I don't, I don't know much about it. The only thing I remember seeing about it was that Iggy Pop's in it. Um, oh, wow! I don't, I, I don't think see, in, I could see how Iggy Pop would fit into that world. That, that world, yeah. Uh, he's not like the lead or anything, but he, he he's in it. Um, I don't, I assume as kind of one of the villains, but I don't know for sure. Right. Was the guy was one of the guys that was one of the sort of bad guys that he worked his way through? Was he the guy? <clears throat> Don't know why I'm asking this because you might not know, know the, the answer, but I think he was the guy from Warriors that says Warriors come out to play. Oh, was he? I think yeah, so. a, a lot of them felt quite recognisable. 
Um, like there were two or three of them. I was looking, think I've seen that guy in something, but I could mm. not. Like probably peripheral characters in something that I'd mm. seen, but yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't pick any of them out. Like I thought they were quite. Like I suppose you can only give them so much story because the pace of the film's quite. It's quite fast. Mm. Uh, from from uh, him and his fiance being killed through through the the stories, and he's as you touched on, he's picking them off kind of one by one, um, which is is great from a viewing point of view because you're with them and you 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 want this revenge um and the people deserve it but you don't get that there's a few moments of like banter between them all and things like that where they just come across as kind of stupid um Uh and and not an awful lot to them which i suppose that's you know when it's a villain being picked off you you don't mind you're just like ah just, just get them all um i don't i don't need to know much story but um i didn't feel like there was necessarily an awful lot of acting needed for for a lot of these villains it was just like the classic bad guy yeah bad guy one two and three yeah do you know what film this actually reminded me and i've just sort of realized that this reminded was the the first sin city it's yeah. kind of reminded me of and it's probably just the, the black and white canvas yeah. of the yeah, film quite a similar similar look and feel i think yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Eric Draven. The role was originally offered to River Phoenix and Johnny Depp before Brandon okay. Lee took it. Um, River Phoenix. I'm not. Sh- I-, I can't even. No. Can't even think. What have I seen River Phoenix and Stand by Me? Obviously. Um, yeah, I don't know if I saw him in much as like as he got a bit older because uh, like most of the things I can think of, he was pretty young. <laughs> he must have died. Pretty young as well. Yeah, yeah early, early 20s. Yeah, I've got like 23 in my mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 23. Was it? Yeah. Um, I also read that the uh, a makeup artist applied uh, Brandon Lee's makeup or face mask, you know what I'm talking about, his face paint, yeah. um, the first time, and they thought that it looked too polished, so they let him do it himself. And he would do it before he went to bed. And then when he got up in the morning, it looked like weathered. Interesting. Uh, okay. That's a little thing that he brought to the character, which is which is quite cool. Yeah. Nice. So there you go. That was The Crow. I, I think we're maybe stretching the... Um, stretching the, the, the horror genre towards that. <laughs> Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have said horror. I mean, it, it's it it's got its moments. I suppose in a way, see a lot of because there's a lot of kills in it, um, but you don't see what's happening with a lot of the kills. Like you, you will see him have all the knives, and then the next thing you see is the bad guy on the ground with all the knives in it. Aye, um, aye. So yeah, the, the, there's not there's not that much that's horror in it, but I'm still glad we did it, because yeah, if anyone has not seen it, give it a watch. Very, Absolutely. very entertaining film. Absolutely. For 1995, we are doing... You just reminded me 10 minutes ago, and now I can't remember. Uh, it's called De- Demon Knight. Tales from the Crypt. Demon Tales Night. from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Yeah. We really struggled to find a 1995 film. Um, and I was disappointed that your response to me suggesting muscle-bound bodybuilder from hell or whatever it was, it was just ha-ha, because I really thought I'd struck gold there, but never mind. Never mind. <laughs> so that was the, the crow. <laughs> that was the crow. Hey.
Okay, Hulkamaniacs, it's time. Terry's takeover of WCW has begun. We're in 1994. Creative control is all the rage in the in the Balea household. It's WCW Halloween Havoc 1994. Uh, we're coming live from the Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit, Michigan. Shivani, Mean Gene, and Bobby Heenan. So, so the we're the uh what what should we say like the the WC the WWF older guys to WCW has clearly begun that transition. Yeah. Do, do you know what I found strange? Because because we're watching these year on year, that felt a million miles away from where we had been uh, for WCW, like announcers and the look and feel of it. I always go back in my mind to Bischoff always saying stuff. If you ask him in an interview now, you know. How did you get the success initially? And he's like, well, you can either be uh, the same, lesser than, or different. And he's like, I didn't want to be lesser than. I couldn't be the same, so I chose to be different. And I'm like, did you though? <laughs> did you? <laughs> I don't think you did. Class. In what way were they different? Yeah, just They were different before they started changing everything. Uh-huh. Yeah. Everything looked grittier and felt a bit realer and a bit more violent, I think. And, and a bit more steeped in professional wrestling history. Yeah. yeah. Traditional um, professional wrestling. Yeah, but this this is just that, like, we will be what they were a couple of years ago. Okay, uh, go. 100%. Like, 1989 <laughs> to 1990, WWF is, is what we're going for here. Yeah. Um, let's ramp up the cartoony. Heenan. Keenan is the highlight of this pay-per-view. I'm sure for you it was for me as well. Yeah, yeah. How good is he? What, what, do you know the, what the neck brace was all about? Was it just pure storyline? Because I know he had neck surgery because there was the whole thing a little bit later than this where Pillman snuck up behind him and, Crafty, uh, yeah, and he freaked yeah. out and swore yeah. live on air and all that. But I, I was thinking, I wonder if he has had the surgery and this is real or if he's just doing a bit that I'm not quite getting or something like that. I think it's maybe legit. I think okay. it maybe it is. Yeah. Um, Heenan immediately, you, you know where Heenan stands. I mean, Hulkamania stops tonight immediately. There was there was a good moment. Like he is going full on running down Detroit. Like he is tearing into Detroit, and he starts off okay. It's like a little bit of praise, and then it just gets worse and heavier and heavier and heavier. And he's just by the end tearing into them. Their sports teams, the people, and all that. And Tony Schiavone is off to the side. And he's really trying to stifle laughs. <laughs> he's obviously he's going so far that you can't not laugh at what he's saying. But it was that Amazing. was good. There's a woman that keeps appearing on camera. She's like got this sort of huge blonde hair and, and red lipstick. Do you know what I'm uh-huh. talking about? Yeah. And yeah. Enan refers to her as like Zaza Gabor or something like that. Class. Yeah. Um also at this introductory bit, Mean Jean appears to say that Sting isn't at Halloween Havoc? Yeah. And Shivoni's given him the side eye to say, <laughs> like, what are you talking about, <laughs> Okerland? Yeah. Yeah, because he's, he's not in the card, is he? But he's there. No. Yeah. Aye. And they yeah. make a thing of him being there. Um, that's mean Jean just trying to get people to phone his hotline, though, isn't it? Cause, uh, this man's obsessed with these. He's a... He is well, shameless. From what I hear, 
he made a lot of money out of that personally. Oh, it was his thing, and he brought it to the company. So uh, he is obviously going to sell the hell out of that thing. It's like every little stop make sure <laughs> whoever's next on the hotline. Uh, we get the national anthem for for Halloween. Yeah, I don't think we we hadn't seen that on any of the ones nah. before, had we? Nah. Again, this will be a Hogan idea. Hmm. Likely. Talking of Hogan ideas, let's go to match number one. We got the Honky Tonk Man versus Johnny B. Bad. Little Richard versus Elvis for the World Television Championship. Kicking us off. And do you know what? I thought it was alright. You did not think it was alright. Like... I couldn't get past and I, I I had done everything I could. I've did, through all these havocs I've tried not to look at the card. <laughs> and I remember at the end of the last show, I can't had we gone off and we stopped recording by the no, point. Th- we still I can't on. remember. But we definitely you, looked at it anyway. You started laughing and then you were looking at it because I mentioned something about Hogan bringing all his pals in or something mm-hmm. like that and you started laughing a lot. So we went through the card and it just like made me dread watching the pay-per-view and i was like thinking what is honky tonk man gonna be here because he was never he was never a great wrestler he was entertaining he'd do his thing they'd get crowd heat and all that people wanted to see him get beat up and get beat um and i was like right so he's, he's like average wrestler occasionally funny heel um and then i, I just like I felt like I was just sitting for ages waiting for Johnny B. Bad to try and get a punch, like mm-hmm. connect a punch, and I'm like, all right, okay. I couldn't get into it. Oh, did you enjoy Johnny B. Bad shooting his load into the crowd at the start? <laughs> yeah, that that was quite something. <laughs> confetti, of course, his load of confetti. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, there's a brilliant thing that Heenan says during this match. He, I think they're doing like a test of strength or something like that a few times and every time Johnny B. Bad seems to get on top Honky Tonk Man rolls out the ring mm-hmm. uh, onto the on the floor just to regroup and Shivani's all over him for it doing the whole face commentator thing, oh he's a coward and all that and Heenan starts talking about it nobody complains when a quarterback scrambles out of the pocket and throws the ball away because there's not an opportunity to, to make a pass mm-hmm. and I was like, I've never Ever heard anybody equate that to that? It's absolute genius. It is, and when you, you know, from a Heenan point of view, you are giving the heel the legitimate reason for what he's doing, which is great because you know that you, you kind of can't have one side without the other. You know, mm-hmm. you, you 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 need, and you need to try and understand why the heel's doing what he's doing mm-hmm. in that, and that's him telling you, which is which is great. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd never heard it explained in, I think, such a simple, straightforward way. Aye. A way That's... that, you know, you'd think the majority of people would just, it would click. Mm-hmm. Aye, proper, I uh, felt like the exclamation mark appear above mm-hmm. my head. Um, I think the crowd were well into this match, by the way. A lot more than you appear <laughs> to have been. Um, but Honky Tonk Man pretty much dominated the whole match. Uh, I think we get... 
we start getting the countdown. We're like, oh, of course, <laughs> it's a television title match. I, I really didn't think they would do it. I, I just kept <laughs> thinking, it's the honky tonk man. I mean, come on, of course, Johnny B. Van's going to beat him. And uh, I, it seems to have got the better of me in my notes towards the end because I just wrote, this is legitimately a draw for Johnny B. Bad against the honky tonk man. He needs to give Vince a call right now. Just maybe don't take your wife to the meeting. <laughs> <laughs> I think they do like quite a good finish though, because I was expecting them another. You know what we talked about finishes the last time WCW. Uh-huh. I liked the finish because they were just like it was almost like I can't believe I was about to say that. I'm not going to say that. It, what I was going to say was it's almost like a UFC fight where like they know that the time limit's going and they're just they just start going for it, going for it, and they did kind of do that. So I, 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 quite, I quite like that. I do have, and this is my last note in terms of the ongoings in the match, Johnny executes a small package ages after the time limit's expired. <laughs> do they have a bit of a, a fight afterwards? Just I, I think things start, we go. Yeah, yeah, I think things keep rumbling on a wee bit. I, I would get it if, like, it doesn't feel like that long ago that they were trying to make a big thing out of Johnny Be Bad. Like, he was... Never a great wrestler, but he had something about him. He had charisma. He had star, sort of star quality about him. Um, and now they've, they've got him, I don't know, a draw with, with the honky-tonk man. He's the world television... Who Who is this world television champion? Oh, Johnny, Johnny B. Bad. Johnny B. Bad. Surprisingly. Somebody tells you your book and you're like, for fuck, another one. Another <laughs> draw. They're like, you can only win when it's not on TV. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we go to... So this pay-per-view is just basically a build-up for Flair Hogan with yeah. little bits of matches chucked in between. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I like it or no. I, 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 it's, it's a little bit different to what I suppose we're used to. Um, yeah, I think I, I get it because of the, the sort of size of the participants mm-hmm. involved. Uh, and it's a career match. Yeah. In, in, in theory, yeah. yeah well, um, yes, indeed. Yeah. So I was trying to think when Hogan would have debuted. Was it this year? Was it like... Uh, yeah. Yeah, just a, a few months prior. And I think Hogan beat Flair for the title in his first pay-per-view. At I think. Bash. Yeah, I think. So this, I assume, rematch from that, basically, but the stakes are higher. So I, I do get building it as you go. I think we talked once before about the fact that we, we discovered JR was very good at building the main event while still putting a focus on the match mm-hmm. that was actually going on in front of him, yeah. um, which is where I think this probably doesn't hit as well, in that it's like, ah, this is happening, but who cares? We've, <laughs> we've got the biggie coming up later on. And to his credit, Shivani does try that. I just don't think he's in the same league, unfortunately, yeah. Yeah. Um, as JR. So we get, so so we're like I say, we're getting little bits and pieces of the build up. So at this point, they're showing us video of Hogan being attacked in advance of the clash of champions by the black scorp, uh, by a man in a black mask <laughs> with a pipe. Hey, WCW, <laughs> try a different angle apart from a masked man. <laughs> This is my favourite bit. Hogan went to the hospital, then walked back two blocks yep. with, with a bad knee after being attacked with a pipe. That's just irresponsible and yeah. likely could, you know, he could end up in court over that with WCW. 
Yeah. They could have got out that deal really, really quickly. And it's that night his son could have run him over. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm going to have beef with Hogan, am I? That's a good one. Beef cake. <laughs> so, yeah, he makes his way back to the ring for his match with, with Flair. And um, Arn Anderson, under a mask, clearly Arn Anderson <laughs> attacks him. Um, and later, two masked men attack him. The, um, the announcers massively sell their confusion about there being more than one masked man. Like, they're like they, they cannot comprehend that more than one man could put on a mask <laughs> and get involved in a situation. It baffles them. Brilliant. Um, and then they show what appears to be like sort of really old style cam cordered video footage of Mr. T and Ric Flair leaving Michael Jordan's restaurant in Chicago, which yes. is just genius. <laughs> I loved that. Like, that's quite groundbreaking. Yeah. yeah. Um, compared <laughs> to the sort of social media stuff that that all goes on today, like that. Yeah. Um, okay. Match two is for the WCW World Tag Team Championships. Uh, we've got the awesomely named, pretty wonderful, Paul Roma and Paul Orndorff versus Tag Team Specialist Marcus Alexander Bagwell and... Everyone's favourite Patriot, the Patriot, Stars and Stripes. What do you think of this match? Um, Dale Wilkes, was that his name? Yeah, I think that's right. Um, There were uh, a few things that caught my eye on this. Like, there's something really weird on the pretty wonderful walk down to the ring. Where you've got um, Paul Orndorff, Mr. Wonderful. He is... uh, Walking down, and then just behind him is Paul Roma, just like scurrying behind him though, looking really creepy. It was weird. Mm-hmm. He's, did you pick he's up a, on that at all? I did, and and he's quite—is that his character, Paul Roma? He's he's a no, bit I, mental. Yeah, I, I I think so. But again, we're watching these totally in isolation, so mm. we haven't seen the show before. But yeah, it, it just it just looks so weird. And the other thing that caught my eye immediately, um, these these guys are all in ridiculous shape, like mm-hmm. ridiculous. Um, and like, there's some in <laughs> but there's there's something quite boring about all of them in the ring. Oh, like, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Go on, elaborate. Uh, like, there's a lot of it's pretty. I don't know, one-dimensional, pretty slow, pretty. I'll do my thing, and then you'll do something, and then I don't know. This bored the hell out of me. This match. Oh wow. Did you like this? No, not at all, but... (laughs) Oh, and the other thing. Which one of them tried to do a perfect plex? It was Buff Bagwell tried to do a perfect plex, and he messed it up. Oh, really? Yeah. I I must have missed that. 
So he, he he executed the move and it landed, but he completely lost control of the opponent. You know how <laughs> uh, Kurt, Kurt Henning used to have the leg hooked before he did the suplex? Yes, he tried so to he grab tried, it. He tried like midway while he was up to try and grab the leg and he wasn't getting it. And then he had to scramble back oh. and get it when he, when he landed. Yeah, he shouldn't be hitting a perfect plex. Only one man should really ever be hitting a perfect plex. Absolutely. There was a couple of things from my point of view. Um, at one point, Orndorff either does one of two things. One, he does like this really bizarre dance. Or two, he has a seizure. <laughs> yeah, the dance. What the hell was the dance? It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. There's oh. a, he then says to Giovanni that if he lives to be 100, he'll never see the Lions in a Super Bowl. That prediction has come true so far. Yeah. Um, and then the fucking Patriot at the end. If I was Bagwell, I'd have turned heel on him right there, smashed him <laughs> up with a chair after the match. What was he doing? <laughs> yeah, he was basically screwing over his teammate. Uh, Just... Like, 100%. Yeah. It was too blatant. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it come. Maybe it's like in the next event there will be a heel to turn, whatever way that would go, um, because it, it, it kind of looked too much to be subtle or accidental. Even <sighs> it is unbelievable. Bagwell's isolated for a good portion of this match. He keeps trying to get the tag to the Patriot at the point when he can get the tag. The Patriot says, "Fuck it, I'm going in." And just, it's not even that he goes in and gives away the opportunity to give a tag. He should, was he DQ'd? No, he should have been DQ'd. The ref yeah. kept telling him and telling him and telling him. He just kept doing moves. But he definitely would have made a legal tag to him. Like, <laughs> from a positioning point of view, he definitely would have. So, yeah, he completely screwed him there. Goddamn oh. Patriot. A huge elbow by Paul Roma. He rolls Orndorff over onto Bagwell. Yeah, when we get new tag team champs. <laughs> There's you, you, you've mentioned some of the funny, you know, criticism, sarcasm, all that from Bobby Heenan as we've been going. I wasn't sure if this was intended to be, but I took it <laughs> as such when he said at the end, "This is tag team wrestling at its best." <laughs> Brilliant. Class. He's obviously talking about pretty wonderful. Ah, obviously. Obviously. Backstage with Mean Gene, he's with Flair and what are they calling Se- sensation? Sensuous. Oh god. Yeah. Mean I, I assume there's a copyright issue there with uh go with sensation. But Mean Gene looking at her up looking oh. her up and down saying sensuous sherry. No. Uh-huh. Stop it, you <laughs> creepy, creepy wee bastard. <laughs> Uh, we got a great promo from Flair, not wildly over the top, just just yeah, right. I think I liked it. I thought it was it was intense, but in a good way. Uh, sometimes he's basically he's barely coherent when he goes too far. Uh-huh. But when he's talking about the fact he is going to retire him, he is going to end Hulkamania. He is doing it in a very believable Ric Flair way. Which, mm-hmm. which I liked. I thought it landed really well, actually, that promo. Same, same. I liked it a lot. Um, and that takes us to the background for the next match, which is brother versus brother. Brother. 
brother. Uh, Kevin Sullivan versus Eugene uh, Dave Sullivan. Uh, <laughs> Dave Sullivan seems to be playing sort of a uh, Hulkamaniac who uh, I'm really struggling to to put into words the sort of character he's supposed to be playing. Um, like the, the like a can, super fan, but like uh, like a is he supposed to be? Uh huh. Yes, yes, Eugene. <laughs> yeah. Yes, Eugene. Yeah. Mass Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Is that the right person? Or is, is, is Lenny the brother? I don't know. Huge, massive guy. That's a little bit innocent. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. And Kevin Sullivan is his brother. How they came from the same um, gene field. That's one for science because he is this little evil poison dwarf. And Dave Sullivan's Omos. But hey ho, um, this is just despicable and disgusting, and should not be on pay per view. And imagine paying for this in nineteen ninety four and getting this shit. So like, uh, is what were Hogan and Sullivan tight? Were they boys? Um, I I don't know. I know that. So I think before Hogan came in, Sullivan had a lot of. Um, like, he was a, one of the chief creative voices, I think, in mm-hmm. WCW. I think for quite a while after, because Hogan, at a point, goes on to feud with the Dungeon of Doom. Is that right? Is that the right name? Yes, indeed. Um, which is Dave Sullivan's... Kevin Sullivan's? Uh, Kevin Sullivan's group. Um, and he is seen as maybe not the guy that's in the ring opposing Hogan, but, like, the main he's antagonist. Like the, yes, he's like the Charles Manson, sort of. Yeah. Um, and, but I don't know whether they have any, like, I don't know if they're close in terms of, like, you know, got on well together and all that, but they're definitely going to be pretty intertwined, I think, for a while. Yeah. Um, but this, like, oh, God, they, they say, see at the start, they say that he's dyslexic, um, Dave Sullivan. But they're like, I don't know. I felt like they were using it as an explanation for a lot of the things that were going on here. And I was thinking, ah, uh, you know, this dyslexia has hit him pretty hard uh, compared to. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, like, the whole. I think that you messaged me something about this whole set, this whole idea um, being like a, surely a Hogan thing that like you know, I've got a lot of fans out there brother and you know uh, like totally believable that this guy would just end up, you know, obsessing this, this you know with with Hulk Hogan and he's he's like got the is he like dressed? He's dressed like yeah, him, isn't he? And he's got the moustache and the hairline. Like ridiculously over the top fan, but now we we did talk about this kind of thing with Eugene, where it's it's quite uncomfortable in a lot of ways to watch <laughs> this kind of 
name. Oh, yeah. What's your favourite um, brother versus brother match? I, I, I mean, for real? Of all time? Aye. Oh, uh, Brett and Owen, Mania 10. Mania 10. Has to be, eh? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can't think of a better one. Edge v Christian. They never had great <laughs> matches, did they? On pay-per-view. Hardy Boys. Never, never had great matches. Yeah, I think when the Hardy Boys were doing their thing, I just always wanted them to be a team. I didn't really want to see them opposing each other. No. I can't think of any others. But, oh, yeah. Good luck. Find the better brother br- brother versus brother than them. Hogan Macho, I was going to say that now. <laughs> that kind of was brother versus brother. <laughs> Owen versus um, Brett. Let's not talk about the Sullivan fight anymore. It's nonsense. <laughs> it went on a wee bit longer than it needed to. If this was an attitude era angle, it would have went 30 seconds and yeah. Big Dave would have squashed went- Kevin. He wins by count out. Basically, he, he wins by count out after Kevin has been attacking him on the outside and rolls him in before climbing in himself. So he, he kind of Kevin screwed himself a bit there. He's quite an uncomfortable man to look at, Kevin Sullivan, isn't he? Yeah, I, I, I think I get why. Like you know, the whole Dungeon of Doom thing, the whole him being a leader of a a, a strange group of individuals that that makes sense in Aye, my mind. It yeah. does. Uh, okay, okay. Next match is Dustin Rhodes versus Arn Anderson. Uh, we get a little bit of background here. This feels like let's just give people things to do, sort of thing. Um, Dustin had wanted Arn to be his tag partner. He agreed at Bash at the Beach and then just beat up Dustin for reasons. Uh, Arn appears to be in some sort of faction of some description with Colonel Robert Palmer and Meng um, who is Haku, am I right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Uh, he is probably the best person in this because he's just sort of playing this shades wearing bodyguard. This terrifying presence just looming Nobody the outside. Nobody legitimately try anything near. Yeah. There, there was there was some early in the match Arn stuff that I absolutely loved. Brilliant. He keeps, he keeps complaining to the ref that Dustin's pulling his hair. Oh, and there's good. barely a hair on Arn's head, but he just keeps gesturing it to the ref. And he does it three or four times. I absolutely love that. Brilliant. That's brilliant. Heenan says to Shivoni that Arn Anderson will pull his eyebrows up over his lips. And uh, Shivoni says, up over my lips. And without a beat, Heenan goes, think about it. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good. Um, yeah, there's not much going on in this match, really. We love Arn. Dustin, mm-hmm. at this point, I just find quite annoying. Yeah. I think a text just saying this G-shucks, cowboy, country boy characters just... It feels like it's gone on way too long. Like, <laughs> yep. several years of this. It's, Get, it's find just... something different. Find a, 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 a character with some layers somewhere. It, aye. He's just stayed stayed in uh, the same place the whole time mm-hmm. for how many yeah. years now? About four years. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe no four, three. Uh, who, who wins this match? You could, you. Uh, Dustin won. Uh, there's a bit of uh, 
So Arn, Arn keeps remonstrating with that. The ref, Arn has a move on, but he's using the ropes or a hold or something like that. And the ref kicks him off and That's Arn's right. raging with the ref and confronting him about that. Um, and Dustin, I think he, he rolls him up. Yes, he does. Um, and then straight after, Arn hits Dustin with a massive clothesline. Um, and then a DDT, I think, and then uh, the Colonel and Meng are, are in the ring as well. There's a good bit where all the, you know, you get the officials come and run out to try and break it up, and yeah. the Mengs just stand staring at them, <laughs> and they just stand back. Like, yeah. I don't want a piece of that at all. I, I can, it, it sort of, I feel like it's it's added something in in recently since since podcasts became a thing basically every single person has said on their podcast that he was a legit terrifyingly tough guy and mm. it always makes me think every time i see him since looking back i'm like yeah yeah you just wouldn't fuck with that guy definitely no yeah. <laughs> brilliant uh, okay we're backstage with me and gene he's with hogan and the big brother oh yeah yeah the big brother is that, is that what he's referred to as here? I think so. My notes uh, say beefcake, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I assume beefcake was a, a box of gimmicks and, and is, is WWF trademarked. Mm-hmm. Um, did you notice that Hogan sounds really wheezy when he's talking? Didn't pick up on that. He's like saying something and going... <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't really notice it. It's at this point that... Our, I don't think I took in, like, I got that Flair was with Mr. T, and I get the whole Mr. T Hogan affiliation. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise he was the fucking guest referee. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, I think I maybe picked up on it in the Flair interview. I think someone said or asked, which made me think, oh, yeah, he's going to be the ref. Because, um, uh, you know, a lot of the stories about him being aligned with Flair and, you know, the footage of him with flair and stuff like that mm-hmm. so um i think maybe it's either something the announcer said or someone that was asked in an interview that i did realize before we we got to hear um and because they're they're then they're sort of challenging hogan on can he trust mr t yeah. um, and he talks something about how mr t still trains says his prayers and eats his vitamins so he trusts him all right <laughs> Mean Jean's a stirring wee shite. He, he's trying to sow these seeds of doubt about Mr. T. And Hogan, does he say? It's either Mean Jean says it, something about, are you concerned that Flair might try and suck Mr. T? <laughs> I would say it. He says, are you concerned he might try and suck Mr. T? If you know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, don't, I don't have that in my notes. Are you sure? Mean, hi, I've got around down here and I remember thinking, what is Mean Gene on tonight? He's already said Sting's no here and now this. <laughs> uh, I also noticed that Hogan, zero mention of David Sullivan for Hogan. Yeah, 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 don't care about him. Self-centred prick. Ah, oh, dear, okay. Next match is for the US heavyweight title. We get some... Some video footage of Hacksaw Jack. You know, they, they've stacked the deck against Austin. It looks like they've had Hacksaw come out as a surprise. Um, yeah, I think he was supposed to face Steamboat. Yep. Um, and then Steamboat wasn't fit 
to wrestle or something, and they sprung Axe on him as a last-minute title defence. Uh, on, like, WCW Saturday night or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, of course, he wins the title of Austin. Tell us your, your Hogan-Austin theory. Oh, what was I talking about? Oh, yeah, so... um Hogan, I think, has come into WCW and seen this. We've been able to see it as we've looked back that he Austin is a star and he's going places. He has he has everything. I think yep. that he needs to be a top star. And I think Hogan's been like, no, 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 not now that I'm here. I'm I'm gonna shut this down. Um, he's gone nowhere. He's gonna job out to some some of the older guys. Um, and yeah, I think also said that the the like. If if he could see the size of star he would become, you know, it, it probably in real life drove Hogan nuts the the moment Austin became as big as he did because you know it was someone that was put in the same conversation as he was. So I think he he maybe saw it and was just trying to stifle it right off the bat. Um, and also I think I said something about the fact that when he saw Austin, the fact you know Austin's he's he's losing a bit of hair. It's, it's starting to go. You can see it, and then he's just gone and shaved it, and that must have driven Hogan absolutely insane. <laughs> must have been like you hold on to every single hair, brother. You, <laughs> you put on a bandana. That's where you say your prayers <laughs> and your vitamins. Take your vitamins. I like that theory, yeah. and I think you're probably not far off. Um, even when Austin's music hits, like he's got. It gets a proper reaction, proper yeah. crowd reaction. Huge. Yeah. Um, what do you think of them? He's just absolutely. What do you think of the match? We weren't we weren't there looking forward to seeing Duggan versus, especially after how good Austin's been like these last few pay per views. Yeah, um, like I, I think I just always enjoy watching a bit of Austin. I think he's you know he's doing his best, but I couldn't get past the fact that they've they've. They've taken one of the best young talents that they've got here. I think I don't think he's hit, or maybe just about to hit thirty here. A young guy, years ahead of him in the business, and they've taken his belt off him in a squash. Okay, you can say it was last minute with with the Duggan replacement. Taking his belt off, giving it to Duggan, and then on the pay per view, he has to have a match with Duggan, and he does some. You know, he's 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 got good Austin good facial reactions to things that go on. I think he's always had that. Um, he's, at this stage in his career, he's definitely good at selling. Um, there's something... There's something... Ah, I assume it was planned, but there's something Austin does when Duggan goes for a move where he just stands out the way of it. Like, he just back, like steps back like a foot or something like that and Duggan misses and hits the mat and it, it kind of made Duggan look like an absolute idiot. <laughs> um, I, I assume it was it was planned. There's Some of the stuff Austin does looks okay. Duggan was never a good wrestler. He was a brawler. He was, you know, about the gimmick and the ho. Um, yeah, yeah I, I, I didn't partic- I think, I can't decide if I didn't enjoy it because of what was happening or if I I mean, it's a Hacksaw Jim Duggan match. It's yeah. We get we get little snippets of Austin uh, <laughs> isolating the knee and and working on the knee, and he does that well. Yeah. Um, and he's bumping around for for Duggan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Duggan eventually for the finish. Duggan goes for his three point stance. 
he misses and Austin launches him over the top and gets DQ'd and that's it. Yeah. I think does Austin then go for the belt and starts trying to beat him up, but yeah, yeah. is thwarted by the by Duggan. Yeah, I think Duggan, Duggan starts swinging his two by four up. He does. Yeah. He's very close to hitting him. Yeah, yeah, it was. I think Austin dives over the ropes. Like uh-huh. dives over the top ropes. And I was looking thinking, God, poor guy won't be doing that again in a few years' time. Oh. oh, man. This is Austin's last WCW pay-per-view. Oh, was it? Mm-hmm. Wonder- I-, I do wonder. Like, I know, because he went to WCW for a bit, and I've got memories of it. He couldn't wrestle. He had an injury. ECW. Um, sorry, ECW. Yep. Um, he couldn't wrestle, but Heyman knew him. They'd obviously been in the Dangerous Alliance together. Wanted to give him a platform, so basically just had him do a little segment on their TV basically every every show yep. and there was definitely one where he was running down Hogan Hogan, uh, yeah. yeah I do wonder I suppose if you're in that role you know he's been US champ he's been TV champ you, you must be looking thinking what's next and then you just see a, a, a glass ceiling put right above you um, it must make you think well it's just not going to happen for a year now but uh, yeah. he, he, was he fired he was fired wasn't he I think so. He fired when injured or something like that. That was yeah. always the story, I think. Yeah. By Bischoff. Obviously. Yeah, it's Bischoff's that's on right. the show here. Yeah. Yeah. And then Bischoff says, you know, when's this nineteen ninety seven or something like that? Ninety eight, Bischoff says Steve Austin would be a mid card player in WCW yeah. or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Brilliant. I mean the thing is he probably would have been because they wouldn't have given a guy like that the opportunity once they yeah. had all those those guys. But, yeah. yeah. Um <sighs> They make it seem like what so mean Jean's doing is usually stood sort of down the bottom of the aisle, and they make it seem like he's going to have this big uh, revelatory interview with Sting. Sting comes out smiling. He looks weird without the face paint, but he's got big sunglasses on. He does, Um, and he basically says, "I'm here to sit ringside," and just keeps on walking. Yeah, which is a bit odd. He goes and sits next to Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Yeah, it, like I, I thought, because um, I thought there was an indication that he wanted a title shot at some point, but they've already confirmed. I think Vader gets the next yeah. title shot, um, and the the but Vader's got to get through his match. But oh, I can't believe they named him the Guardian Angel. But anyway, um, is it like a, it must be something cool, like a biker gang or something like that? Um, they can't have just thought. That's the name to give Big Boss. I, I was getting like like Peace Corps sort of thing. Uh, okay, from okay. Um, but yeah, I, I, they, they were quite they were quite funny about this thing thing because as soon as he appeared, I thought, oh, we're going to get like a three or four minute interview mm-hmm. here. But nah. I also here, thought we were, we were getting. Like, I see you later. I thought <laughs> we were getting like a Sting Vader type uh-huh. yeah. deal as something. well. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. No, I just sat there for the rest of the night. Weird. Just chilling next to Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Um, we get a bit of background. We get a bit of background to Vader um, and the Guardian Angel, which is Boss Man. Um, I didn't make notes because I'm quite pissed off at the idea that Boss Man's even on this card <laughs> and he's called the Guardian Angel. Yeah. Like, I, I, there, there was, I used to quite like Big Boss Man. 
like because he was big but he could move mm-hmm. uh, and there was something pretty cool about that mm-hmm. and i remember thinking going into this match well it's actually two big guys that can move so maybe this will be really entertaining but there was nothing to give me a story i cared about it, it, it didn't and boss man always felt mid-card Aye. whereas you know peak vader should be top of the card so why think, are they I, bothering i think the best thing about boss man was his gimmick hmm that's maybe a bit unfair, but I think that as a kid, yeah. I think that's true. I, um, I, I, I get that. Yeah, I could never take like, him seriously when he was put in a top role because it did happen a couple of times. And I was like, "That's that's that's not where this guy is." He was a Hogan cheerleader. That's what he was yeah. kind of yeah. made like around about a Survivor series. I'm sure he was in a team with Hogan at one point, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, he has clearly got beef with Harley Race. Uh, oh yeah, in yeah. kayfabe because he beats the shit out of him he, during this he match, did. and it looked pretty brutal actually. Yep. <laughs> yep. Uh, but yeah, he, he he's obviously decided that that the key to beating Vader is to eliminate Harley Race, which is logical and sensible. Mm-hmm. So he yeah. he goes for him before the bell goes. Um, I think he slaps Vader, and that just seems to fire Vader up, and he starts yeah. beating him with those big paws. In the ah, corner. There's quite a while where Vader dominates and he's just beating the hell out of him. It's quite, it's very physical. You would imagine again. We've mentioned it a few times and mentioned it with Vader and uh, Cactus Jack. Um, I imagine these two guys were happy to just lay it in mm-hmm. uh, with each other because it certainly didn't look like there was any any holding back. We're getting the story throughout this match that the boss man's basically he's lost it. He's lost the plot. He really yeah. wants to beat Vader, and or he wants retribution against Vader. Heenan saying, "Look at the eyes, look at the eyes." <laughs> it looks like he's going mad. Um, there's a time where I legit thought Vader might have knocked Boss Man out. He gives him a jab with one of the big paws, and he hits mm-hmm. them out like boof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Boss Man ends up hitting a power slam off the second rope. Mm-hmm. Which is impressive. Yeah. Then he, he hits a headbutt that's a bit more like the classic flare bump. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just kind of falling off. Yeah. Topple yeah. off, off the ropes. Um, Vader bomb. Bossman kicks out the Vader bomb. Yeah, I was surprised. See that at often. That. Um, he tries again. Bossman gets his knees up. Uh, Bossman hits a sidewalk slam, but Harley Race is there to, to help out. What happens next? Bossman suplex. Oh, Bossman, that's exactly what happens. Bossman suplexes Harley Race into the uh, into the ring, and, and Vader hits a splash as Bossman right, hits yeah. the, the just deck. as he's landed. Yeah, relatively cool finish. To be I, fair, I, I, I did, like there were a few decent moves as well uh, through the match. I just I just didn't care enough. I think that was the the issue that's with this. Fair. It felt pretty thrown together, and we'll just find something for Vader to do before he's the number one contender. Um, but the you know you would have thought if they were doing that they would maybe play up the Hogan and Bossman uh, dynamic. Yeah. Um, but it didn't seem like there was any of that in the in the storyline. Um, but yeah, I. I I like I've said before I, I like this Vader. You know, this is still the Vader that is the absolute badass, terrifying you could imagine beating absolutely anyone mm-hmm. that you would put in a ring. And um, so that's the that's the Vader I like. Amazing. 
same. Him and Harley Race, we've said it before, awesome yeah. combination. Yeah, it works. Um, okay, I fast-forwarded the next bit, which was Mean Gene with uh, Thomas Hearns, the boxer. Yeah. I had zero interest in what Thomas Hearns had to say. Did you watch it? He's, yeah, he is a terrible talker. Like... <laughs> The the it it was it was almost like one word answers as Mean Gene was like you know asking these quite lengthy questions and also the crowd just didn't seem to care like the there was no reaction to anything he was saying it, it fell really really flat that that segment. What do you think this is? Was he from Detroit or something like that? Is it I just so, yeah. as simple as that? I looked it up and I was thinking. He must be, otherwise, why would he be there? Um, and then I thought, why is he not getting a reaction? Like, <laughs> I don't know. I suppose it's a, yeah, he's, he's nicknamed the Motor City Cobra. So, yeah. Uh, right, okay. Wow. Um, but yeah, it, it just fell really, really flat. Um, so yeah, I mean, maybe check to see if the guy is a talker beforehand. Just. Mm. Uh, and it's not even like he had a fight well I, I can't even tell because I didn't watch it but it didn't seem like he had a fight to promote or anything like that. It didn't feel like they were they were pushing anything. These yeah. days they would have you know if they have somebody like that it's like oh and you're fighting such and such on mm-hmm. wherever. Yeah. Anyway uh, talking of abysmal we've got Terry Funk and Bunkhouse <laughs> Buck taking on the Nasty Boys next and uh, I think last time we said we're, we're more in sort of cartoony Nasty Boys territory this time yeah. They are just eating pizza and drinking beer, and they have just decided to say fuck it. Yeah, they are just diabolical. Yeah, this this did not work for me. This, this match. No, I mean you. I've got like I've got a few notes. I've got like this bunkhouse buck lads quite lively. Um, the. They're all just brawling. And I remember, like, there was actually, there was, like, a tribute thing, a Terry Funk tribute I was reading, um, and about the fact that he had, he'd been this amazing wrestler, but then there's a point in his career where it's all just about the brawling and then the hardcore stuff. And I think this is very much him to start. He's, he's heading in that Turn direction. Turn the corner, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. um, yeah. all, all he's doing is brawling, really. He starts a fight with Bunkhouse Buck at one point, doesn't he? It does, and he also smacks the hell out of himself in the chair. Yeah, he does that right in front of Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Muhammad yeah. Ali's looking at him like he's got two heads. And uh, Sting, Sting's like got this massive yeah. smile on his face. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, I, like, Meng, they've got the same sort of thing with Meng there on the outside, just looking menacing, but not... I don't think he actually gets physically involved until... He, get, uh, he gets up on the apron at a point. Um, but his presence is there, and they're kind of obviously carrying that through with this group that he used yep. to, the guy to be scared of. There's something the about Buck, Buck and a loaded glove, but the ref gets there, gets to it. Um, Meng up on the apron, winds up a big swing at, I think it's Sags, as Funk holds him up. Sags gets, squirms out, and uh, Meng hits the KO punch. Nice. On Funk, and then Nobs pile drives Funk onto a pumpkin. It's pretty well executed, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. At least he lands with his bum on the pumpkin and not yeah. Funk's head. Yeah, yeah. Ray Phoenix sitting taking notes. Oh. Um, Shivoni comes out with one of the biggest oxymorons you've ever heard in wrestling history. Brian Nobs is described as a fresh man. 
<laughs> no. 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 I've been fresh in his life, the man. <laughs> um, nasty boy's got the win. Who cares? Yeah. Yeah. Hogan. That's who cares. <laughs> uh, okay, another sort of thing that falls falls flat is um, Eric Bischoff looking all shiny <laughs> presenting Muhammad Ali with a a plaque and a, a cheque for his charity. Yep. Um, yeah, good way of getting easy on the pay-per-view. <laughs> That's how I felt about is he, it. And is, he, is he in charge here? Is he... I think he's executive vice president or something like that. Okay, so he he's basically running this show. Um, so maybe just wanted to get himself on on screen for a wee bit. Um, I assume that's why Muhammad Ali's there. They've said, you come sit in the front row and, and we'll give a check to your channel. Yeah, I think so. I think I've heard, though, I think he and he and Bischoff have quite a, or had quite a good relationship. Um, did you ever hear about the, the show that was done in North Korea? Yes. Yeah, and I think that was kind of um, put together between Bischoff and Muhammad Ali's people. Um, oh, wow liaising with Thinoki to, to, to get that done. Um so I think I think there was a, maybe it started here though. Maybe the, the sort of good good relations between them started here. And th- that must be how everyone got um that's how everybody got involved with Dennis Rodman surely. Must be through the whole I'm just joking, through the whole yeah. North Korea thing, never yeah. mind. Yeah, that's where they met him. That's where he was he was good pals. Maybe he was good pals, wasn't he? He um, I forget what, with that. Bischoff? No, <laughs> with, um, with Kim Jong Un. Yeah, yeah. And Hogan. He's a strange guy, Rodman. <laughs> he absolutely <laughs> is. He's himself. Yeah, yeah he's, he's he's an original. Okay. Okay, Adam. Here we go. There's there's a moment oh. in the build where uh, Heenan and Shivani are like making their prediction, like their pick about who is going to win this main event, mm-hmm. this huge event. And uh, Shivani's talking about Hogan. He's going with Hogan. He's going with, you know, he's he's the man. He's done it all and all that. And Heenan seems genuinely furious that he's predicting Hogan to win. It's it, like, he comes across as so passionate on Ric Flair's side. It's it's brilliant. Class. Heenan's amazing. You would love him. <laughs> yeah. We've got a steel cage, career versus career, world heavyweight title match with a guest referee. Just, you know, just, just do one of those things. Just one. Do you know where uh, Flair and Hogan have a career versus career match in 1999 uncensored as well? Uh, <laughs> but yeah. anyway, I was wondering anyway. how long, like... Uh, Spoiler, Rick, 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 Rick Flair will lose this match. So I'm just curious about how long he's actually gone. Say like four months or something. Is it? Okay. Uh, and I think, I think if my information is correct, he signs a contract extension on the day of the pay per view. Uh, okay. Why does it need to be career versus career? I don't know. Because it's like, Hogan, and he needs to get Flair out of the way. Probably. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I think I did wonder because this isn't the first match. So you know, there was always the thing about 
the original thought, I think, for WrestleMania 8, would it have been? Was that it'd be Hogan v. Flair. They had them both in the company. They had the belt on Flair after he won it at the Rumble. They would go Hogan Flair. But then, apparently, they did the match in some house shows and it wasn't getting the reaction they expected. So they, they did a pivot. They they went to Savage, Flair, and Hogan, Sid. Was that Mania? Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And they, did, um, they did Flair, Savage, like halfway through the pay-per-view sort of thing. Yeah. So WWF never delivered the big Hogan Flair match. So WCW have done it. They they did it when Hogan first came into the company. Yep. Do you, are they thinking we need to add? St- I don't think you need to add that many stakes to a Hogan v Flair rematch. Look at the names that are on your poster. It's Hogan and Flair. <gasps> of course you don't. No. And and this is the third time that they've wrestled now. Right. Bash at the Beach, Clash of Champions. Okay. Have a bl- have a blow off by all means. Yeah, like, yeah. No, but... no issues with that. Why don't they <sighs> spin the wheel, make the deal? <laughs> have a coal gl- uh, oh, oh, miners club. Coal miners club. Did you notice? See when the cage is being lowered. It's see nowadays, or like even twenty years ago, it was that it was really smooth. It just came down quite slow and steady. <laughs> it comes down in a really haphazard way here. It's like jerking at each side and just a bit of it shooting down, then stopping. I was convinced like a cameraman or something like that was going to get squashed here. Oh man, no, I didn't notice that at all. That's brilliant. I um, was laughing at Mister T wearing the. I think he's got a. A Detroit Red Wings jacket on, uh-huh. and then he's got a Detroit something hat on as well. It's like, please don't boo me. I'm definitely on the good guy's side. I promise. There's someone else really good that he did starts doing at the start of this, and it's basically just as the intros as they're coming out because he's been talking up Flair the whole way through the show. Flair's going to win. Flair's going to end Hulk Hogan. He's going to take the belt. He's going to retire Hogan. <laughs> And then he starts, like, to get the fear. And he's, like, he's talking as they're coming down. He's, like, he says, I don't know why we have to do this match. I don't think anyone wants to see this. Amazing. It's so well done. It's brilliant. Total entertainment. Yeah. Uh, Shivani's laying on thick with the holes. It's World Championship Wrestling that's bringing these two two wrestlers together. This historical, this historical match and all that. Um, he then says some fans were holding up four fingers when Flair entered the ring, and he then says I was holding up one when Hogan came in. <laughs> yes, <laughs> amazing. <laughs> right from the off, I think we get a different looking Hogan. Is that fair? I think he's yes. aggressive. He's he, yeah, it a is lot more heel like than he normally is. Yes, he always did the the back rakes, yeah. but he's aggressive. Yeah, angry almost. Yeah, that there is, and you get um. There's definitely a few instances of like he's biting as well, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's biting his forehead, and it. I think. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not a Hogan guy. But to play devil's advocate, I think you, if you're up in the stakes, which they've obviously tried to do to a ridiculous degree in this <laughs> match, I think you do then 
except somebody doing absolutely everything it would take to get the win. Um, mm-hmm. Whether you know it's a wee bit on the verge of uh, you know not playing fair. Um, so I think you can you can get away with that here. So I quite like that. I quite like the way they went with it. I thought it it allowed there was enough of an explanation as to why he would be doing it. I thought. Yeah, I agree. Um, there's not an explanation for how involved Mr. T is getting oh, in the match, though. This guy. It's a cage match, so I think he should only be there for a sub or a three count. Yeah. Surely anything else goes. Yeah. He's involved in everything. He's given it full Hebner on steroids. Uh-huh. Calm yourself, too. I'm a bit worried I was playing more attention to Heenan than I was in what was actually... Visually, because I've got quite a few notes and for a lot of them it says Heenan is, or Heenan says (laughs) says quite early on he sounds really emotional and he shouts this is, there's a man's career on the line here Um, and he starts talking about I think Shivani starts it and then he jumps in about uh, 19 years since the plane crash where Flair broke his back and came back and won the world title and all that and I was thinking is is Flair supposed to be full blown heel here? Because they're they're giving him a lot, and I I think there, there's there's even points in the match where Heenan pushes Shivani to acknowledge something Flair's done, and Shivani's like, "Look, I'm not disputing that. Rick Flair's a legend. He's amazing and all that." And it did make me wonder: is he supposed to be full blown heel here? I think he's supposed to be, but I think we're in a situation where you're still getting. Flair cheered and Hogan booed mm-hmm. um, yeah, and yeah. the whole sort of shtick of Hogan is not being fully accepted especially by sort of um, areas where they're going where are traditionally WCW um, mm-hmm. historically WCW areas uh, it seems like uh, I've definitely read that and, and listened to podcasts where they've talked about that where they've been doing these matches uh, and in different territories, and Hogan's getting booed. Yeah, Flair's their guy. Flair's ah. been there so long. Yeah, yeah, you can understand it. Um, there's a really awkward spot where I'm just probably being pretty juvenile, but Hogan and Flair are like at the top of the cage, and Flair's sort of bent over, bent double over it, and Hogan. <laughs> Obviously, on in podcasts you can't see what I'm doing, but he's banging Flair's head back round towards his midriff over and over and over again and that does not look good <laughs> yeah you know what I'm talking about yeah, yeah. I get that yep. Uh, yep yeah there's a lot there's a lot goes on in this this match isn't there there is Flair it settles down sort of for a little bit and we get the usual sort of Flair going for the knee mm-hmm. I'm on board with that that's all good Hogan mounts a a comeback but takes out Mr. T um, and then it breaks down pretty much from there. Yeah. Sherry tries to get in the cage. For some reason Sting decides that's when he's going to get involved and climbs up the other side of the cage and takes Sherry down. Yeah. Um, The masked man gets in and he gets involved, he's fucking leather sting and Jimmy Hart a pipe. Yep. Which is good stuff. Sherry comes off the top of the cage like Savage in his prime. Unbelievable. Yep. 
she tries to hit Hogan, but it doesn't seem to do very much. Um, it was at this point I was a bit concerned that the masked man didn't seem as mobile as Sherry. <laughs> yeah. he, he didn't seem to be able to get into the cage. Yep. It turned out he was sort of just holding the pipe for Flair and nail Hogan's head on it, but like from a physics point of view, that doesn't work. Mm-hmm. No. That wouldn't have worked. Um, yeah, Hogan. F- Flair, so, so Flair's on top. He's beating up Hogan, and he's trying to pin him. But he's also beating up Mr. T. Yeah. But he's the person that could make yeah. the count. Yeah. So he's obviously the knock on the head. Yeah, that, that um, was a bit messy. That. Eventually, Hogan ends up no-selling Flair's offense. He beats up Sherry. He beats up Flair. Uh, just jump in. I think I'm all over the place here. but No, I, I, th- I think you're pretty much like... There's definitely a point where Sherry handcuffs Mr. T to, to the ropes. Yeah. Yep. Which I thought was also quite a questionable thing to do given he has to be the guy that, you know, ends this match. Um I I got I got really in, like I felt like this could have all been done a lot quicker. Like there was so much nonsense going on for what felt like quite a long time. Yep. Eventually. Like I say, Hogan ends up no-selling what's all going on in classic Hogan fashion. It doesn't hulk up and all that, to be fair to him, I don't think. He just kind of Mm -hmm. no-sells. He hits the big boot, hits the leg drop, and Mr. T miraculously wakes up and hits and and counts the three. And then more stuff happens. Yeah. Um, The masked man talks Hogan. Attacks, attacks Hogan, <laughs> um, but Hulk beats him down. He takes the mask off. Who is it, Adam? It's Beefcake. <laughs> uh, Heenan's speculating that it's Arn Anderson, um, and I, I think I kind of wanted it to be. I, I did not know what was going to happen here. I, I knew Hogan would win the match. Um, I knew this would be one of Flair's many, many retirements, um, but I didn't know where they were going with the whole mass man thing. That that came as a bit of a surprise, but I'm not going to say a pleasant one. You'll be shocked to hear that the WCW booking committee had no idea where they were going with it either. <laughs> uh, yeah, he pulls it off. It's the brother or brother Brutai or mm-hmm. whoever um, becomes quickly... Clear that he's aligned with the. Um, I'm saying it's the Dungeon of Doom. I guess it's the star of the Dungeon of Doom. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, out comes John Tenta or whatever the hell he's called in WCW with the Poison Dwarf. Um, was it Shark or something like? That? <laughs> he definitely was called Shark something at some point. He had a big shark on his on his leotard thing. You're looking it up. John Tenta. Earthquake. The Shark. Nah. Is that when he went to WCW? He was definitely called The Shark at a point. Jesus. Uh, Tenta left. Uh, Tenta was introduced as Avalanche. Oh, right. Okay. God. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, so, when did Hogan and Earthquake have their program? Is, this, is that like 91? Or is that even? Yeah, I think it was maybe uh, maybe ninety one at latest. Aye. Um Yeah. And here we are, ninety four. Just run it back. Yeah, yeah. 
So but cool, brother. in fairness, I remember in those matches, Earthquake was kicking Hogan's ass. Nice. Like, so I, I think, I think in a, a official rematch, he would take the title no problem with Earthquake. Or Avalanche. Or Avalanche. Nice. So yeah, so so earthquakes. So who's it does like the dance? The beefcake starts doing the dance. You know, like jump round and what treacherous yeah. son of a bitch! And where's Dave Sullivan <laughs> sitting in the back smoking a cigarette, watching his hero getting beat up? Yep. Um, an earthquake avalanche hits his sit down, mm-hmm. have a seat thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And Sting, Sting tries to come back. Yep. Yeah, Sting comes back to help Hogan. Helps him out of the ring. Hogan is looking very worse for wear. And Sting starts quite aggressively slapping him in the face and saying, shake it off. Class. <laughs> oh, that was funny. And we what? get, after that, um, Heenan again sells his emotion at Flair retiring. And he sells it very, very well. Well, this is what I was going to say. Like, Ric Flair's just been retired as far as the pay-per-view paying customers mm-hmm. are concerned. And there's, you know, we've got Earthquake and Beefcake and fucking... Like, let, let the man dust himself down and walk out of the ring, get his standing ovation and, and leave. Exactly. Say thank you. <laughs> Speak to the fans. I mean, what if this had been the real retirement? <laughs> it was upstaged by Brutus Beefcake. What a shift! Like I think you mentioned it earlier, but what a shift in tone of the way WCW is presented from one year to the other. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. It is. It's so dramatic. Like the, the there's just no. It's like a totally different company. Um, and I noticed, see when you got, um, you know how they do this theme where they have it as part of their set and as part of the, like, I think cartoon <laughs> intro at times, yes. they have the headstones. Uh-huh. Did you notice one of them said Crockett? Crockett, aye. Yeah, and, and a really prominent one. Uh-huh. It was one that you saw constantly and I thought, is that not a bit much? You know, this is the this company that so many of these fans loved and you're just, I don't know. Pissing on its gravestone. Yeah, well, quite literally. It, it seemed very heavy handed. I was like, oh, yeah. Oof. yeah. It's a bit yeah. much. Bischoff straight in charge and uh-huh. yeah, Bischoff clearly legacy. thinking Hogan's my guy. Nothing that ever happened before matters. We've got Hogan. We're going to go head to head with WWF. We're going to win. This is my plan. Mm-hmm. Worked for a wee while. Did it? Uh, yeah. I, th- I suppose I've just had a thought in 1994 WWF was all about new generation mm-hmm. so they arguably are going in a different yeah I suppose yeah, path. Yeah. it's just that the path's already been mm-hmm. laid and walked yeah. I think I can see the logic in it you know there's all these incredibly recognisable talents that I assume by the time we do next year's one Savage will be there um, they're, they're they're you know stepping up recruitment of these known talents, and uh, I imagine looking across and thinking we have, uh, in terms of selling tickets, we have a far better um, pool of talent than than they've got. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, I think for the point of view of sticking those guys' faces on a on a video and, and yep. people buying them, yeah, they're, they're probably go- people are going to kids are going to want to see Hulk Hogan than mm-hmm. they are want to see whatever W Adam Bomb or mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, would would Brett have been the main guy ninety four? Think so. Um, yeah. Obviously, a ridiculously good worker, but probably not known worldwide in the same way as a, a Hogan's going to be. Oh no! What did your face just do? No. <laughs> oh no! Now I, I know. I know that we said that we were only going to look at the next card, but then I, I did this last time. We started looking at it, and the the thing is, I I didn't want to look at it for like positive reasons in the past uh-huh. thinking oh I want a pleasant surprise but maybe if there's something terrible I just want to know before time I'll go through card then okay so the, uh, so I sent you this in advance I sent you that the the cage match overall rating with 77 votes the overall rating of the card was 2.91 yeah out of 10 it's not it's not good so it's good to go in with expectations sometimes. So I take it there's a I take it there's a tournament of some description because there's a few people wrestling a, f- a few different times. Bischoff's on commentary. Okay. We're back in Joe Lewis Arena in Detroit. That must have been a good uh, a good bit for them. Yep. Uh, okay, here we go. WCW World Television Title Match: Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. With Diamond Doll and Max Muscle. Who on earth is Max Muscle? Um, okay, yep. Versus Johnny B. Bad. Oh, okay. Singles match, Randy Savage yes. versus... Fuck's sake, oh, no. Randy Savage versus Zodiac. Oh no, that's a beefcake name, isn't it? Did you, did you know that? Yeah. I didn't know that. Jesus, mm. wet. Okay. Please tell me that that is. Ah, please tell me that's a, like an actual Zodiac killer gimmick. <laughs> I guess we'll see. With a mask on. This is a Zodiac speaking. That would be pretty. <laughs> uh, singles match Road Warrior Hulk versus Kurosawa. Not a name I'm. I don't think I'm familiar. I feel like I've heard the name, but I don't know who it is. No, me neither. Okay. Okay, Sabu. Sabu? With the Sheik versus Mr. JL. For some reason, I'm very surprised to hear you say Sabu. Yeah, I wonder what it's Sabu. I'm interested to see 1995 Sabu. Mr. JL. Yeah, Mr. JL, also known as Avenger Dynamic Lynn Gorgada Cross. Oh, Jerry Lynn. All right, okay. (laughs) Okay, okay. So Sabu versus Jerry Lynn, okay. which is, sounds relatively decent. Yeah. Um, Lex Luger versus Meng. Okay. I, 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 I might not hate... Ah, it depends. Okay. With the Taskmaster. Ric Flair and Sting versus the Four Horsemen. Ric Flair? That's just confusing. Yeah, okay. The Four Horsemen being Arn and Pillman. Okay, okay. Uh, Randy Savage versus Lex Luger. Okay. And oh my god. They can't just have a title fight. WCW World Heavyweight title. Title can change hands via disqualification match. Hulk okay. Hogan versus the Giant. 
Okay. That's Dungeon of Doom versus Hogan, basically. I was... There were some, you know, maybe too early. I I was thinking to myself, um, Jericho, uh, Benoit, Guerrero, when these guys must come in, uh, it's going to happen soon. So this like is 90, 97, maybe. 90, okay, okay. Maybe, so maybe 96. Maybe a bit, a bit of a wait. Okay. Because I'm sure Jericho wrestled in Smoky Mountain, and that was probably be running round about this, round about this time, would it? Smoky Mountain, like 92 to 97 or something like that. Yeah, 98. yeah, that's probably about right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I actually thought 1995. I th- thought this might be the start of roundabout when WCW started. You know, like, when we when we were watching it in 98, ratings-wise they were winning, and mm-hmm. they were doing well. But it was actually, like, the beginning of the end. Yeah, from a quality of product and all that. Aye, I wondered yeah. if 1995 might be the, the start of the beginning sort of thing, but maybe that's 96. Okay. Uh, I'll look forward to Sabu versus Jerry Lynn. Yeah, that'll be fun. That's a that's a, a sentence I've never like said before. Fit, but hopefully in a really good way. Hmm. Okay. okay. There's not much else there to get excited about, unfortunately. I, I always like seeing Randy Savage. I, I can I, I can always enjoy it. I mean, against Beefcake and then against Luger. I, Savage I can, Luger sounds alright. Yeah, I can get something out of watching Randy Savage. I'm sure. <laughs> Class. Yeah. Pre NWO, do you think yeah. he's, did he did he come in? I don't know. Did he come in? He must have come in a face. Eh? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I th- I don't think they did like a big program with him and Hogan initially. I think they were buddied up basically. I think they did. They sold it as a oh, they have some the history. Mega powers and, are back then, together. And then it was basically like ah, all cool, all cool, brother. No oh, dear. Yeah. Oh dear, okay. So we've got that to look forward to and Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Another great soundtrack. Oh, yes, you said that. You said you had this the soundtrack had, for this as well. This as well. There was, I don't know if it'll have a, a moment quite. The Crow had a moment. Like It almost felt like it was designed for me because you had Nine Inch Nails covering Joy Division. That's, that's like somebody created that for me. But uh, I, I remember, because it was maybe when I was quite into metal that I remember loving the Demon Knight soundtrack and buying it, and again listening to it many, many times. Was was the crow the crow? So ninety four. That'd be just like, but that'd be pre grunge, wouldn't it? Yeah, I think. I think. No, no. Grunge no, would have been. Grunge would have been on the go at that point. Right, um, right. About the time. It yeah, feels... it was probably quite high then, I think. Mm. It feels like it would sit in. But then a lot of that soundtrack's a bit more sort of industrial sort of yeah. stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um... When Nevermind come out? Um... 93, 92. Wait a minute. 90 or 91? Never mind. Anyone? Oh, really? Oh, they yep. swore we passed. Yeah, I think we're past. Yeah. Cool. Right. Two weeks' time, we shall we shall be all about the zodiac, and 
Tales from the Crypt. Uh, I hope it doesn't disappoint. I assume we're looking at sort of horror comedy rather than. Yeah, I think it's very like over the top. Um, Have we had a ninety sucks for horror? Does it not? Yeah. Have you looked ahead? Have we had a straight straight up horror? Um. Maybe Mis- not. Misery's more thriller. Yeah, misery's more thriller. What is the people under the stairs? I don't know how to categorise the people under the stairs. Um, mm. But I don't think it's horror, really. Um, nah. I don't think we've had a like an, a standout this is a horror film. No, we've not. We'll get it. 96 will be Scream, probably. We might not necessarily oh. do Scream, though. Do you know that probably we are probably are about to hit scream, aren't we? I've, I I I did watch them. See when the not when the newest one came out, but when the fifth one came out a few years ago, two yep. three years ago, I watched them all uh, before watching the the new one. So yeah, I'm not probably not in a big rush to to watch again, but if we'll the, find if, something. We'll yeah, find. I was going to say if the honourable mentions are. Or Puppet Master Twenty Four, then yeah, we might be going back to. It screen. had a bit, a little bit of a rebirth, I think, horror off the back of Screams. Hopefully, there's some some decent stuff coming. Fingers crossed. Okay, yeah. we shall talk in two weeks. Take it easy. Cool. Um, until then, and remember, Adam, yeah. take your prayers. Take your prayers. Take take my prayers. Yeah. Say your vitamins. Yep. And. Uh, Watch out for Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> I was I was thinking if I have to train, I'm not sure I'm quite in there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Thanks. How come any rules? Okay. Yeah. See you in two weeks. Bye.